Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for sharing those songs of worship with us. And uh, again, we're meeting in a different way than we ever have before on a Easter weekend. Uh, I don't think we've ever been at a good Friday service like this, nor have we ever had communion like this that we're going to have today. It's, uh, it's very different. We're living in a different world right now, but uh, Christ is still building his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And so we can trust and realize that God can be with us even through this time. And when we gather together uh, uh, in this format, uh, because we're gathered in Jesus' name, he's here in the midst of us. It may feel a little different, um, but hopefully um, you will uh, be able to draw near to the cross today. And that's really my hope in prayer today is that we will go to the cross today, that we will realize in our hearts and our minds that Jesus is there for us. You know, when I was growing up, uh, every Good Friday, I remember my mom would uh, tell us, um, uh, well, she would not eat from nine o'clock till three o'clock in the afternoon, and she would fast and pray and then go to church uh, later on that afternoon. And uh, that was the way she celebrated Good Friday. And then every Sunday of Easter, we would gather together as a family and we'd go to church early in the morning. And then we would have this huge uh, brunch and invite all of our friends and relatives, uh, 35, maybe 40 people would come over and have uh, a brunch with us. Uh, obviously those things like that are not gonna be happening this weekend. But what is true is that uh, Christ's presence and his power can be here with us. Uh, since the, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but since uh, this uh, pandemic has hit, uh, uh, seismologists have seen a 30% decrease in the Earth's vibrations. And it's cut down on the noise uh, that's all around us. The other day, Lori and I were out and uh, we were in our yard and we heard the birds singing so loudly. And we said, man, they're singing loud this springtime. But actually, the reason why they sounded so loud is because everything else is so silent. We don't have the traffic and the noise uh, going on. Uh, so it, there's a time of silence and solitude that has come over the whole globe. And even scientists have recognized this. Uh, for some of us, it can draw us closer to God. And for others, it can reveal a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, uh, concern for the future. But this is a time that we need to draw all the more closer to know the Lord and to follow him. And I hope and I pray tonight that you will reflect on the cross of Christ because he has been through everything that we have been through uh, and even into a greater degree. He suffered, he went through anxiety, anguish, even faced fear, even faced the fear of death and um, continued to go on and obey and trust the Lord with his entire life. He suffered emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, uh, if you think about it, uh, Christ was betrayed by one of his followers. 
uh, he was um, he was deserted by his 12 when they came to arrest him. And he was willing to move towards the cross, even though it was meant extreme torture and, um, and then also separation from his father in heaven. And we don't often think about that, but that was one of the great things that brought Christ a lot of anguish was that there was this relationship he had with his heavenly father and for a time it was going to be cut off. So as we're thinking about this, I want us to, uh, to think about the cross today, and I'm going to want to share a um, uh, little bit of uh, PowerPoint here. Let me see if I can get it up here. So today we're going to go to the cross, and um, the scripture says, you know, why why is it that the account of Christ's suffering and death and resurrection is so important. Why is it that it seems like all the gospel writings, that all the things that are written in the gospels, the majority of the gospel is written about the last week of Christ's death. And so I want us to think about that because it's so important that the writers of the gospels, although they did not disregard Jesus' life and teaching, they emphasized his death and his resurrection more than any other event that he had done. All the miracles and all the other things that he did, they emphasize his death and his resurrection. And the, the apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he was saying that uh, if all the books in the world, they couldn't, con if, uh, if we would take, if we could write all the books they couldn't contain the amount of things that Jesus taught and said. But he said, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, and that by believing, you might have life in, a, in his name. And I hope you ponder and remember all that Christ did for us today. I hope that you're thinking about that, because really this Good Friday is all about what Christ did for us on the cross. When we understand the meaning of the cross, and we understand his death, uh, we become uh, more appreciative of what Jesus did for us. There was a, um, I don't know if you have heard this phrase, blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, some people have tried to come, look back in history and see where this phrase started. Some people think it was Churchill uh, he used it in a speech in 1940 to call the British people to give every last drop of their blood, sweat, and tears to fight the Nazi regime and save England. And we admire people that have given their self and their sacrifice for causes such as this. Another place that the phrase was used was a Pop 70 band. I don't know if you remember, if you're old enough to remember it, but it was called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. It was a Pop 70 band. Um, and, uh, I don't think they had much determination. Uh, they didn't have the blood, sweat, and tears to, uh, accomplish what they wanted to. If you look at the history of that band, it started out with eight members, but at the end it had over 119 members that had come through that band. Everybody quit and somebody else started in. But really the beginning of that phrase was probably coined 
by a sermon in 1837 by Christmas Evans, who referred to Christ's willingness to go to the cross for us, take our punishment for sin with his own blood, sweat, and tears. And so today I want us to go to the cross and to think about what Christ has done for us. And a lot of times when we think about Christ and the pictures that we see that depict his suffering or his death, many times we start out in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane was a place uh, which actually was a place, an olive grove, and it was, uh, Gethsemane actually means olive press. And Christ was actually going to be crushed and begin to bear the weight of our sin upon himself. And so he went to pray there with his disciples. And a lot of times the pictures that depict Christ praying there is he's in this uh, beautiful unstained uh, flowing robe with a moonbeam shining down on him and uh, in a serene moment. But actually, when you read the gospel accounts, it's much different than that. Look at what it says in Mark 14, 32 to 34. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And this is what he said, my soul's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he said to them, stay here and keep watch. And we understand what happened to the disciples. They fell asleep. While Christ was praying, they fell asleep. And then it says this in another gospel in Luke 22, 44, it says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And what we see here is that Jesus not only had to pray one time, but he had to pray three times. And every time he went back to his disciples, they were asleep. But then when Jesus would go to his father, he was praying that he would do the will of his father. And he understood what that meant. It meant that he would have to go right through to the cross to take our sins and to take the punishment for our sins. Matthew 26, 39 says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground. And we don't often think about Jesus praying like this, but he was so burdened with what he was about to have to do that it took the strength right out of him. And he fell on his face and he said, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, this was right after Jesus had had uh, the Passover meal with his disciples. It was right after he had enacted the new covenant uh, and held up the bread and the cup. And he said, this is the new covenant I am making with you. But Jesus also knew to enact that covenant, it was going to take his own blood. And so on every Good Friday, we remember this. And not only on Good Friday, I hope we remember it every day all that Jesus Christ went through for us, but that was just the beginning. You understand and know that after Jesus prayed this, Judas, who had betrayed him, brought the soldiers to Jesus and he was arrested. Then he was taken and tried. He was beaten. He was uh, put on trial. He was flogged. 
he was set before the crowd and they, they yelled, uh, crucify him. We want Barabbas set free. And Christ faced scorn, ridicule, mocking all the time while he was going to the cross. So Jesus goes to the cross, and the reason why he goes to the cross is that he is sacrificing himself for our sins. In the Old Testament, there's a motif that talks about a sacrificed lamb that was slain to cover the sins of the people of Israel. And we know that John the Baptist said to Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We know this was Jesus who was having to take upon himself the sins, our sins, your sin and my sin. Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 says this, Surely he took up our pain or our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. If we were to look into the face of Jesus, we would see his blood, his sweat, and his tears, and yet his determination to go to the cross for you and I so that we could be forgiven, so that we could experience his peace, so that we could experience God's love, so that the barrier of our sin would be taken down and that we could have this relationship with God. That's what he desires for each of us. He did this for us. He did it with his body, his blood, his sweat, and his tears. I don't think any other movie depicts the passion of Christ and the death of Christ the way that that movie, The Passion, does. Because Jesus was marred beyond recognition. Uh, the Bible says that he was crushed for our iniquities. And so when Christ went to the cross, he was thinking about you and he was thinking about me. He was thinking about the people in the world and why he had to die for their sins. If there was any other way for us to receive forgiveness, God would have brought a new way to do that. But there was no other way. It was prophesied over a thousand years ago, before in the book of Isaiah. And then it was uh, 500 years before in the book of Isaiah. And then also a thousand years in the Psalm 22 that David wrote that Jesus would be killed and crucified on the cross, that the Messiah would come and suffer and die for our sin. Jesus took the punishment for our sin so that we would know forgiveness. So I want to encourage you today that even in the midst of this pandemic that we're in, even in the possibility of our fears, our anxiety, Jesus understands he went through all of that. He faced death. He went through death. And then we know he did not stay dead on Good Friday. We know two days later he resurrected. 
and conquered sin, conquered death, conquered Satan, conquered fear, and the fear of death. And so I hope that you will enter in and draw closer to the cross today. So as we, uh, I hope that you have your elements uh, for communion, uh, some juice and bread. And what we want to do is think about the words that Christ said to us, said to his disciples on that day when he enacted the uh, new covenant. He took bread and he gave thanks and broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So I want you to take your bread, and if you have a piece, share it with somebody. If you're with somebody, if you're not, share it. Just hold it. And the cup. And I'm going to pray for us right now. And uh, I hope everybody's ready here. I can't see you, but I'm trusting that you're going to be, be ready for this. And let's just pause and go to the Lord in prayer. The Bible says to examine ourselves before we partake of the bread and the juice. And what we're supposed to do is we're to examine who we are placing our faith in. And when we come to communion, God gives us these elements to remind us of the body of Christ that he sacrificed and his blood that was spilled for our forgiveness of sins. So when we come, we understand and know for sure what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So let's pray. Lord, we pause right now to recenter our scattered senses upon your cross upon your sacrifice, upon your love, upon the forgiveness which you purchased for us. And in faith, we receive what you did at the cross. Lord, there is power when we come to you in simple faith, thanking you for what you did at the cross. And Lord, today, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I speak against fear and against anxiety in people's lives. Lord, you have brought the victory through your death so that we could receive it and live into it. And we do that tonight. We do that today thanking you for your sacrifice. Lord, we examine our lives. We pause and we silently confess anything that may be separating us from you any sin that we need to confess, anybody that we need to forgive. Lord, we do that right now in the name of Jesus before we partake. We don't want anything hindering our relationship with you. And so, Lord, we thank you by the power of your Holy Spirit. We can partake together. And brothers and sisters, Let's eat together of the bread and of the juice in the name of the Lord.
Father, thank you for this time that we could be together. Thank you for, Lord, your presence here with us. We pray that your presence, your peace, would bring a new atmosphere in our homes, that there would be faith, that there would be hope, that there would be love amongst us and in our hearts so that we can be used by you to help others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.